Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Happy to have you with us on this snowy Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. Uh, our intern today is our TV 10 producer, Gerald Wright. Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, and myself, Spencer Pui. Happy to have you with us here as we welcome you into this edition of the show. And uh, we'll start it off. Uh, it'll be an interesting day to get out of here, guys. I'm yeah. confident. I have snow tires. I don't know about you guys. Oh, you have to have snow tires. You have a, you have a car. I thought it was funny how you said our intern today is Gerald Wright. <laughs> yeah. Like he's not always our intern. I know. That just well, came out of my Avery mouth. Before. Yeah. I know, but like... It's not like we have a daily new intern. That is very true. Nick That's is right. That, that Maybe was, we should get that as like a program. That was bad wording. Fall. A, a new intern every day. A new intern every week. Y'all trying to replace me? No. We're, oh, I, I said, said in the fall. fall. You when you're gone. Oh, okay, okay. We would never replace you, Gerald. No, oh, you've done a great it's job so done. far. I almost That's crashed this morning because of the snow. Hey, hey, I, I, I was going to let you know that you, in fact, did not have to come in today, but you were already here and I forgot about it. Yeah, man. Gotta show up. That's um, what happens when he shows up before you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't put this on me today here. Um, let's talk some EPAC hoops from last night. Uh, what we thought was going to be a great, really good ball game turned into kind of a... A butt whooping. I mean, Colin, you can say that. I was not going to say those words exactly like the way that you said Colin, them. as it is. Uh, it just seemed like all of a sudden... Jefferson just wanted it more. Yeah, I think the Cougars were out to prove something last night uh, that they can still dominate even the best teams in the EPAC like Spring Mills has proven to be so far. And, I mean, Jefferson does, like we said, when they're on, you know, it's very tough to imagine anybody beating them in this conference. But they weren't on last week against Hedgesville. I think they fixed some things in their uh, Saturday game against St. James. And then they came back last night and just looked really like the team we expected them to be all year. Uh, whether it was Jamari Jenkins in the opening quarter with you know a phenomenal game early on uh, to really set the tone, and then Jaden Gladney really picked things up in the second quarter, and then we saw Will Shively uh, and what he was able to do in the third quarter. So uh, those three, they can shoot lights out, and when you have three guys that can score in many different facets – at the high school level, I think it makes you a very dangerous team. And, and Jefferson proved that yesterday and why, you know, you guys had, had thrown the Cougars in the cage and locked the key and, and threw it out the window <laughs> what? yesterday. But I was still hammering Jefferson to make it to Charleston, and I'm still on the Cougars here. I don't know. So the final there, 72-53, and uh, Dylan Bishop, our own Dylan Bishop, caught up with head coach uh, for the Jefferson Cougars, uh, Richard Lewis, after the game, and here's the interview. Lewis, 
All right, Coach, big win for you guys tonight. Shot the ball well, played good defense. What do you think was the difference for your team on this night? Um, at times we had some lulls on defense, but I think our defense, especially the first half, we got some stops when we needed to. And then we played our, our, our brand of basketball. We had some shots um, that we wasn't making, you know, last week. So I think we just played our overall hour game. Um, but I think overall defensively was the key. This win tonight moves you guys a 4-1 and one in the region, tied for first place now with Spring Mills and Hedgesville. What does that mean for you guys to move into first place in a, a tie at least this point in the season? A big win because they beat Hedgesville the other night. Hedgesville beat us last Tuesday, so conventional wisdom would be they're going to come in and beat us, right? So we kind of shocked everybody a little bit. I think we shocked them um, how we came out. So I think overall it's a good win. It's an early, early, early season. Um, I told the guys we're going to have to go through – to get the stakes, to get the Charles, we had to go through Spring Mills, Hedgesville, and Martinsburg. So we got to play those guys twice in the regular season. Hopefully, we come out victorious. All right, what's the main takeaway you want your team to take from this win? Just build off of it. We got some games. We got a lot of games this week. We got Hampshire tomorrow. We got Friday at Martinsburg. Um, next week, we got Broad Fording, and then we go to Charleston and play uh, South Charleston and GW. So just kind of build off of each game and hope we can make a run um, going down Charleston and, and the rest of the season. All right, Coach, congrats on the win. Thank you very much. That was Dylan Bishop with head coach for now the seven and or excuse me eight and four four and one Jefferson Cougars and uh, Colin I think you kind of predicted this yesterday that it was going to be this triangle. I said it could be, and I'll partially say I made the prediction because I said if it was going to be done, which it was, that. Captain Cougar, Will Shively needed to have a big game and get back to his production that we saw at the start of the season compared to, I guess, last week and maybe even the past few weeks where he was, at the beginning of the season, the leading scorer average-wise, game in, game out for Jefferson. And yesterday you said that from, I think it was almost 18, 19 points per game, was down to 13 points and. He goes out and has a 22-point game last night, and you got to lead the team when you're the senior like that and carry them and be a part of that big three night in and night out. If Jefferson wants to go to Charleston like uh, Nick says, and I think last night was the best all season long that we've seen Jefferson, and on the other side I think it was the absolute worst we've seen all season long from Spring Mills. They looked sloppy for a majority of the game it seemed like communication wasn't there for the cardinals too and you could really tell that it hurt them as a whole without Keyshawn cheek being out on that court last night and jefferson took advantage of it they are a team that you cannot count out and i know i said yesterday that my two picks were spring mills and hedgesville and that was before last night's game yeah, like I said, Colin, you guys just gave up on the Cougars, man. Oh. I'm just messing with you. But uh, I liked that game yesterday from Jefferson. I thought the press and the pressure they put on Spring Mills is really what got them into their rhythm and got Spring Mills you know, out of it very quickly. Uh, and a lot of that does have to do with not having Keyshawn Sheik. But as far as we know, you know Keyshawn's not going to be back. So uh, they got to figure it out, especially against a team like Jefferson that's going to speed you up. You know, you run into a team like Hedgesville, and we saw they were still able to get that win. But typically, Hedgesville's not a big press team, um, and they don't 
really play that type of tempo that Jefferson wants to play. But in order to match a team like Jefferson, you need to find a way uh, to face the pressure and get the pace to be your type of style opposed to getting into their style, uh, which is where you make mistakes and you have those miscues like we saw last night. So I still don't think Spring Mills is out of this thing. I don't think any of those three teams are out of it. But uh, it's clear that they're going to have a challenge if they do have to be matched up with Jefferson again down the line. Yep. Yeah, and you know, I told you, Nick, last night, I think the main point of last night's game was how aggressive Jefferson was being comparatively to Spring Mills. I mean, Spring Mills wasn't even able to get it past half court a handful of times, which you lose possessions and you lose opportunities for shots. And, you know, if they were able to do that, I think the score would have obviously been closer. But the pure fact is they couldn't get the ball across uh, the timeline very much because it would just get stolen on long passes. Oh, there was a point in that game that the full-court press, Jefferson, was so good they scored six points in five seconds. I mean, that's how impressive it was. They made a basket, stole the ball off the inbound, made another basket, and then did it again and caused Spring Mills to call a timeout. And it's just things like that that on both sides you got to give credit to the defense, but that's an indication of the sloppiness that I felt like Spring Mills was playing with last night too. Yeah, and that was where it all kind of centered up was the was just the sloppiness. But looking at the top scores in the game, uh, Captain Cougar Will Shively has eight in the first half, then finishes with twenty two points to lead, uh, have the game lead in points. Jamari Jenkins had a half. He finished with nineteen points, had fifteen in the first half. Jaden Gladney. Again, had a heck of a first half as well at 13, finished the game with 13, but it was really the Jaden Gladney and Jamari Jenkins show in that first half. Yeah, and like I said, I think they're the best backcourt in the EPAC. Uh, they both can shoot the ball really well from three, but also you know, Jenkins has uh, the ability to slice the defense and get to the hole. Gladney's great in transition as well with his ability to finish at the rim. So you know, those two are... A nice duo for Jefferson, and I think they will still have another year next year together. So, um, you know, they're very talented guys that have been impact players. I think they both got minutes significantly since they've been freshmen. I mean, obviously Jenkins did. I think Gladney did as well. Uh, He's a junior, I believe, and and Jenkins a sophomore. So, you know, you have that duo for the the, uh, future there, and – in terms of this year you know they're just continuing to get better and it's nice to see their growth from last year to this year uh, as they've had to take a a big step with Deion Taylor no longer being there so you don't have that you know senior guard uh, anymore but they've stepped up and played really well and I think even Tayshawn Roper who's not a guy that we talk a lot about a lot as a scorer but um, you know his defense was really good last night, and he does a lot of good things as well. And Wyatt Shively, the other starter down low, I mean he was a beast on the offensive rebounds. So, you know Spring Mills couldn't box him out. So uh, everybody played their role last night for the Cougars, and uh, you know they looked like the team that we expected to see all year. And maybe this game, or maybe even that Hedgesville loss, is what refocused Jefferson to get locked in and perform like the team we expect them to be. Yeah, and uh, that'll be big here as the top three teams now tied once again at 4-1. and one. Uh, Martinsburg and Musselman, the two teams 
behind as well as Washington and Jefferson will do battle with with Martinsburg on Friday, which I have for you right here on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 T or WRNR TV on YouTube, 7.30 tip, 7 p.m. ish pregame. Uh, that'll be big. And you heard Coach Lewis talk about Hampshire, that game with Jefferson County Schools being closed, as well as I believe those schools over in the Hampshire area being closed as well. That game postponed tonight, as with all the other games in the area. Uh, so losing a few games as uh, it was going to be a girls and boys uh, uh, fair for Musselman against Sarando. That's not happening today. We'll get those, see what those make updates are. Um, but one other game last night, and that was on the girls' basketball side, a non conference affair uh, as the Martinsburg Lady Bulldogs hosted St. James out of Maryland for senior night. It was a 57 14 victory for the Lady Bulldogs. They're now 5 and 10 on the season. Kind of early to have senior night, but I guess they looked at it as an opportunity as a non-conference opponent you know get to honor your seniors and, and probably get a win there and that's a good performance uh for the lady bulldogs a team that's had their issues offensively like colin noted uh yesterday that uh in order for us to believe that they will have a chance is we need to see more consistency from the offense and obviously putting up 57 points while it may have been against maybe a weaker opponent in st james it's still a good scoring outing for the for the Bulldogs and uh, you know, definitely gives them some confidence moving forward and, and good to see them get the win. Yeah, I agree. It's a They only have one home game. Good left. win for them. It's a confidence okay, boost for Martinsburg, hopefully as well, especially on the offensive end. It's a quality night for them on the offensive end, but just to put it into perspective, it was a 57-14 win against St. James and in the first half alone when Spring Mills played St. James they scored 57 points so it it still obviously shows the difference between the programs but nonetheless if Martinsburg wants to compete in the EPAC against the rest of the teams other than Spring Mills you need to have nights like that in the 57 plus area if you want to be one of those two teams going to Charleston and it's it's all about what Martinsburg's I mean last year they had one victory yeah they went last year and now they're sitting there at five and eight yeah coach Fitzpatrick will have this team continuing to improve year in and year out when he's there I feel like they're also three and two in the EPAC so you're winning a lot of your league games which is good to see out of those five victories three of them are in league which is huge Uh, but their schedule doesn't get any easier um so they get that win against St. James last night. Uh, this weekend, they'll be at Fairmont Senior. They'll be away at Jefferson on 131. The February 2nd, they'll host Spring Mills, which is their last home game. And then 2-6, they're at Washington. 2-9, they're at Hedgesville. Uh, 2-11, they're at Frankfurt. And 2-16, they wrap up the regular season at Musselman. Uh, so... It'll be interesting to see how the rest of their season goes, but I mean, there's some other winnable games on there. You could go from one and eighteen to seven, eight, nine wins this year potentially. It'd be great for them. It would be a huge upswing for the Lady Bulldogs, but that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll preview some college hoops action. One of those games you can hear on Talk Radio WRNR tonight, that is... 
WVU basketball. They take on Texas Tech tonight. And then we'll talk Shepherd Hoops as they're at Shippensburg tonight. That's after this two-minute break or tune in the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. In my thoughts to bark like hounds, I focus on my breathing. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Freddy, when you need justice. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern today, Gerald Wright. <laughs> Uh, with, no, because Nick you said that I it? said, yeah, because earlier I said I said that oh, yeah. intern today on purpose because of what Nick pointed out. Uh, but Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us for another edition of the Sports Mix. Wednesday, January 25th, snowy Wednesday here in Martinsburg. Not necessarily a lot other places that's snowy in the panhandle, at least to the east of us. Well, Frederick, Maryland is not. No, but I mean, maybe it's not as bad in Jefferson County. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Have to Gerald do was over there. Early. I know schools closed over there. So. Yeah, that is true. Hopefully, uh, not Gerald Shepherd. can get back to Jefferson yeah, County. That's his goal. Safely. WVU Hoops will be on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 this evening, beginning at 6 p.m. with the pregame show from the Mountaineer Sports Network. 7 p.m. tip off as. The Mountaineers travel to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Mountaineers come in at 11-8. The Texas Tech Texas Raiders come in at 10-9. and uh, Colin, it'll be an interesting affair. These two teams seem to be pretty well matched. 
I, I was actually going to go a different route. I, I don't know if it's maybe just because I'm a fan go of WVU and be a little biased. I, I know I've been saying What do you think that West Virginia is going to annihilate? It's, Texas Tech is I, I'm favored. not saying they're going to annihilate, but I, I feel like out of all the other games this month, this is the most winnable one. Uh, Texas Tech favored by WVU. three and a half. They're, they're at home. you got to remember, too. They're so not going to get three and a half one points. and a half from being at home in anyway. The conference, though. Yeah. The Mountaineers are one and six. It's the battle for the number one pick in the Big 12 draft. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. It's a joke, Nick. You're calling. I know. Take Nick's joke. But some people might fall for it. I mean, it could be a thing, right? No. <laughs> be interesting if that's how colleges actually did it. Well, and and if you want to watch this on I mean, TV, I, I tell Bronny you. Bronny Jr. is still yeah. available. So yeah, if you're true. in like the Tank Big Bronny 12 Jr. region of like colleges. Could you, you imagine drafted? if that's what they did? No. And Texas would actually Can be Can we get back onto the topic of the show, please? Because they could yeah. be the only ones to recruit for Texas school. But you'd have so many Texas schools, and they'd all be drafting the Texas players mm. that they'd mm. all spread out like they do now. Can we get back on the topic of the show? I think it is a topic to an extent. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Colin, I know what you'll be doing tonight. I'll be tuned in. To on ESPNU. Yeah. If you're not... Uh, Driving around or not a? I don't think only, I'll be driving around. Only got to listen to Tony Caridi. The conditions uh, you can watch on ESPNU. But if you want to listen to Tony Caridi, or you are out and about, or you know you just want to listen to uh, the Mountaineers on the radio, tune in one of six point five FM AM seven forty, the home for the Mountaineers in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, but it should be an interesting game tonight. The over under set at one forty. Colin, you think that this is the most winnable game in the Big Twelve for the Mountaineers, which is somewhat interesting because they're just kind of a one win difference here. And honestly, it's yeah, a one game you still difference. Still got the better record, right? So you should be beating the. But it's team not the most you. winnable. I mean, what would you say was? I guess the one win that they do have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. But they just got to clean things up, right? That's what they did when they got the win earlier this month in against TCU. They they cleaned things up. They didn't foul. They didn't have stupid turnovers, and they shot the ball. But look, pretty well. It, it's just that that consistency hasn't been there in conference play for WVU, and they haven't won on the road. Do you know why Texas Tech is favored in this? They're at home because Texas Tech is eight and three at home, so and zero oh and four on the road. But the Mountaineers are eight and three at home and one and four on the road. Okay. So they're going to get they're going to be favored because our, the Texas Tech's at home and West Virginia has only won one game on the road. Yeah, because I, uh, I was going to say as you look at some of their common opponents and the scores are pretty close. Uh, Texas Tech though did have this. Absolutely terrible performance against Iowa State where they lost eighty four to fifty, but they did only excuse me, they only lost to Kansas by three, went to overtime of Oklahoma, uh, lost to Texas by two, lost to Baylor by uh seven. So I mean the scores have been pretty close when you compare the two teams. They're both at the bottom of the Big Twelve. Tech being at home favors them. I understand that. Uh they might have a little bit more consistency in their offense but actually you look at the numbers and wvu is slightly better in points per game but 
Tech is a little bit better in field goal percentage. So they're pretty evenly matched teams. I would expect a close game here tonight. Uh, but Tech is also on a seven-game losing streak. So there's not a whole lot of confidence for the Raiders. But playing at home, they'd probably look at it as a winnable game against only a one-win in the conference WVU. So it really could go either way. But if WVU loses this one, uh, you might as well chalk up the seat because you're losing to the yeah, you, yeah. last to place team. The last place team in the conference. You've already lost to uh, everybody else except for TCU at home. And the next conference game is TCU, who after you beat them, dominated Kansas because they played out of their minds and now seem to be on a vengeance. So I don't think the second time around WVU will beat TCU at TCU next week and in between these games you got a tough one even though you get the host Auburn maybe you get the win there since it's not Big 12 and maybe the SEC is down but I I, I don't know this team has the talent there it's just been an inconsistent season for WVU yeah it really has and Colin you know it'll be interesting to see how tonight shapes out but then they obviously you mentioned it go out of Big 12 play this week for the Big 12 SEC challenge so we talk about the SEC in basketball not as much of a of a basketball school or basketball conference as it is a football conference Uh, but we'll talk about the we'll get the recap for that tomorrow um, but, you know, looking at uh, turning our attention to Shepard, they're at Shippensburg tonight for a women's men's doubleheader. We'll start with the women. Uh, Shepard women still looking for their first win of the season, uh, while Shippensburg is 15-3 and three and led by uh, Ariel Jones. Yeah, obviously it's going to be uh, extremely difficult for Shepard to get the win here tonight against this Shippensburg team that's been, you know, really dominant all season so probably going to be a loss here for the rams tonight in girl or women's basketball but uh like we know it is a rivalry game not too long of a trip for Shepard, so that might help them up help them out a little bit but i mean chivensburg is one of the best teams has one of the best programs in the PSAC for women's basketball year in and year out so it'd be tough but also a uh a former ram on the Raiders as well, and uh, your your friend Spencer, my friend, yeah. Oh, the one that I worked with, yeah. No, yeah, she is. She's on the roster, but she has not played this season. What is her name again? Maddie White. Maddie White. Yes. Yes. So maybe she gets some action here tonight. Uh, I yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Maybe she's got an injury. She's out for the rest of the season. We don't know. We don't want to speculate, obviously. But has yet to suit up and has yet to play a game, according to the stats. Uh, but it's going to be a tough one for the Shepherd women. Now over to the men's side of things, they're about evenly matched. Shepherd overall coming in at ten and eight, seven and five in the conference, while Shippensburg hosting tonight eleven and seven, nine and three in the conference. Yeah, I mean the men. We talked about how they had fell. Uh, to Westchester there at the buzzer this would be another tough game but a winnable game for the Rams so you know can they bounce back and get back in the win column uh and like we said heading into the week we wanted to see Shepard go at least two and one this week you have a winnable game on Saturday against Kutztown but you got to focus on this one this one's winnable as well and, and hopefully the Rams can get it because it's a big divisional opponent yeah I'm excited for 
this game tonight because Shepard men's basketball has been improving so far this year. I had spurts of going up and down, and I feel like now they're back on a upwards trajectory, and hopefully it stays that way even though they just did lose at the buzzer to Westchester. This is a winnable game, and if you want to stay in the hunt for a postseason berth, you got to win this game against a conference rival only an hour away the closest team in the PSAC and Shepard's done better on the road so far this year than they have at home so hopefully maybe that road warrior mentality stays for the Rams too and McLean Corley and then we need Poffenberger in the uh, score column too tonight yeah that'll be interesting to see because he was held out of the score column as I mentioned on Monday night's game uh, but one and uh, I believe do we want to announce this officially about our guest tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, you can. yeah. And tomorrow on the program in studio. Yeah, they, they said they'll be on their way live in studio. We'll have two members of the Shepherd Rams men's hoops team, Daniel McLean Corley and John Preston. So hopefully they have good nights, and hopefully it's a Shepherd victory against a regional rival. Yeah, uh, definitely would be. Good for the Rams, and I'm looking forward to talking to those guys because I don't think we ever really have. So, no. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Uh, but if you want to watch some basketball on TV tonight, there's one ranked on ranked matchup on FS1 at 6:30. Colin might be tuning in a little bit to this one here. Yeah, I'll, so he's I'll got start family ties. WVU. So he's got family ties to one of those schools. It's number 13 Xavier at number 19 UConn. UConn favored by six and a half in this one that's a big line uh then some other games going on number three houston at ucf houston favored by 10 georgia at number four tennessee tennessee favored by 16 and a half uh at 8 30 on fs1 butler at number 23 providence providence favored by 10 uh, 9 p.m. on the SEC Network. Mississippi State at number two. Alabama. Alabama favored by 11 and a half and rounds out the night of top 25 teams. Uh, Texas A&M at number 15. Auburn. Auburn favored by four and a half. So it'll be interesting to see how Auburn plays tonight as they'll play right as WVU is getting ready to end. Colin's going to do some scouting. Yeah, he'll do some scouting for a Saturday uh, watch party. No. Call Coach Huggins. <laughs> Coach Huggins will be fine, hopefully. I don't know, but Auburn's ranked, so who knows? I know. They're 16th. Three teams in the SEC are ranked. Yeah. So they're not necessarily a bad basketball conference either. Who's All the right. third? Uh, Tennessee. Yeah. And Alabama. Yeah. I knew with Bama, I couldn't think of Tennessee. All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just some flying store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding out there, living at his family on an operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hackwell's Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On their side of this break, uh, we'll talk some NFL football and the MLB Hall of Fame as one guy to be elected to the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break or two in the Sports Mix. I'm talking to WRNR and Chief 10. Feels the way I do about Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, 
not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Hi, Crescia Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the eastern panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop. With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs. We can handle anything, from small business cards to wrapping large vehicles. Our in-house design team can do it all. This community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything they're passionate about. Envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here as we get into the third segment on the January 25th edition of the Sports Mix. A snowy day outside. We'll now talk, uh, we'll first start with the NFL. Hurts, Mahomes, Jefferson, that being Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, or Justin Jefferson, are they actually the MVP finalists? Yeah. I didn't know if they had come out with those yet or not. But yes, I see them right here. I see them right now. I didn't know. No Burrow? He didn't have that great of a regular season. That's true. Compare him to the other quarterbacks. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It says, I don't understand this. According to the Associated Press, it says Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes are finalists for the 2022 Associated Press 2022 NFL MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year awards. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen and Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow are also finalists for the MVP. So, now there's five finalists in the MVP, not three. I don't know why then it said that those were three were the finalists. and then it's Because the, they're not finalists for the Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, Only Burrow those three. and Allen aren't. Yeah. Ah. So we got five finalists. We have more finalists for the MVP because that's it's what we're going to pick here. Then. It is a bad headline. It I is. I will say. Um, what do we think about uh, this? We'll start with Colin. Who's your pick and why? My pick, even though I hate Philadelphia – has to, I think, be Jalen Hurts this year. He did tremendous for the Eagles, the best team in the NFL, even without his or even with his injury. I, I still feel like he deserves it. But I think, honestly, even though my pick is Hurts, because of that injury to Hurts and him 
missing a few games, I, I think the NFL will go with Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. That would be my pick would be Patty Mahomes. He led the league in passing yards this season with over 5,000 yards, was the only quarterback to reach 5,000 this year, uh, 41 touchdowns, only 12 inter- or twelve interceptions, which is a little high, but when you compare the touchdown and interception ratio, a uh, very good number there. So um, to me, Mahomes was the MVP for the regular season. I think he could be the MVP every season. Jalen Hurts had a great year. Um, but I do think him getting injured uh, makes it difficult for him to be the MVP. And in terms of Justin Jefferson, if he had more touchdowns, I think he would have a great argument with the 1,800 receiving yards that he had to lead the league, but only eight touchdowns is probably going to hold him back from really having a great chance of winning as a non-quarterback there. So I think it will be Mahomes. Gerald? Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to go with Patrick Mahomes, but I would like to see uh, Jalen Hurts win it. That would be nice. He turned the Eagles organization around completely. They gave him a few weapons, and you see what he's done with it. So hopefully Jalen Hurts will win it. I, for just the sake of argument, I want to go with Joey Burrow. <laughs> Is he a candidate? Yeah, he's a candidate. Hmm. Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Jefferson, and Mahomes. That's what we said. Hmm. I think he's got a legitimate shot uh, to win the MVP this year, and you know it'd be it'd be interesting because Mahomes already won the 2018 NFL MVP. It'd be a first uh, for him to win the MVP, and I think he's got a legit shot this year. And I believe he's going to be the candidate for the MVP this year. Why? I think that he's had the numbers to back it up. They've been able to have good passing game numbers this year, and they're on their way to potentially go back to another Super Bowl and maybe win it. But Mahomes has better numbers, and he was the number one on the number one team in the AFC. Yeah, but when do they decide this is the question. It's a regular season award. So it's a regular season award? It has nothing to do with the playoffs? Yes. Correct. I don't know. I feel like Joey Burrow might get it for the sake of argument. That's why Burrow I'm Burrow also – beat Mahomes this year in the regular that, season. That is true. That's why they take that into account. That's why I'm taking that they into could, account. They could, I suppose. That, that's why. Joey Burrow beat Pat Mahomes this year. Thanks for reminding me, Colin. I totally forgot about that. Well, I'm not forgetting honest. about it. I was there. That's true. You were there. Nice. Um, how about we uh, think, who, who do we think is the offensive player? Jefferson and Mahomes. Usually they give that to the non-quarterback. So I'll go with Jefferson. Yeah. We'll yeah. win that one. I'll go with Jefferson as well. What about you, Gerald? I'll go with Justin. All right. Uh, how about the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, or Micah Parsons? I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. It seems like Bosa's kind of been the lock, best player on the best defense. I think he gets it. I do too. All right. I think it's Bosa. And I think just like us being unanimous, it could almost be unanimous for the NFL. All right. Uh, next one, I know where Colin's going to go with this. So I'm not going to go with this person just because I know where Colin's going to go with this. Comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, or Geno Smith. I'm going to go with Barkley. Even though I'd love to see it, P. I thought you were going to go Geno with Geno Smith. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think it would be Saquon Barkley as well. Comeback player is such a tough award. It is. Because like we've said before, you know, really Geno Smith didn't come back from anything. He just wasn't good and now he's good. But he was good That's in true. college. Um 
But I think he might win it because I feel like he's had the most like hype around him for it. And while Saquon did come back from an injury, and so did McCaffrey, and that might give them the edge, I just feel like everybody's been talking about Geno for this award. And since the AP, I believe, votes on it, I think it's going to be Geno because he's had like the most media hype for it. So I would go with Smith. I'm going Geno. He brought Spark back to Seattle, um, and nobody thought he would be able to. So, yeah, I'm going with Geno. All right, uh, we'll move on to the Coach of the Year, Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, or Kyle Shanahan. I'm going to go Brian Dable. He's completely transformed this Giants team into a playoff team this year. And I think it's it's no no secret. I guess I'm not trying. To, I'm trying to figure out the word. It's I don't. It's no secret why Daniel Jones has been better this year because he did that with Josh Allen. Brian Dable did when yeah. he was OC with the Bills. I, I completely agree. So I go with Dable. That Dable is going to get it before he really took over this year. The Giants were one of the laughing stocks the past five years in the NFL. And just the turnaround from last year to this year for them, even thanks to the draft and just, I guess, putting more trust and developing Daniel Jones even more is the reason why I think he gets the award. But what about what Kyle Shanahan did? He's went through three quarterbacks in the same year and still has – his team is the second best team in the NFC this year. Uh, I think that's, you know, good to be making the argument that Shanahan could win this award with the fact that three different quarterbacks in one season, most teams would finish with four or five wins at the best, probably less than that. But Kyle Shanahan's had that and got his team to 13 and four. And I know the postseason doesn't count toward the voting, but teams in the NFC Championship Washington got game. to eight wins with three quarterbacks. Is that is that good, Ben? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, in some ways, Ron Rivera did a pretty good job with what he had, I suppose, but he's not a Coach of the Year candidate. And he shouldn't be. Was <laughs> no. a All right, so you pick Gerald's pick. Gerald pick. I'll, I'll go with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. can't speak there for a second. But I think it, it probably will be Dable, but I, I like Shanahan's argument there. All right. I'm not really into, like, the coaching aspect i'm more into the action like watching the players and stuff like that so i'm just agree with you well i'm gonna agree with you spencer and colin and and colin yeah. sorry come on Dable. you forgot yeah, colin yeah, also right, said right, dable right, right. all right so three for dable one for shanahan and if we were voting Kyle or uh, brian dable would win in that Thank aspect you. For Offensive that. Rookie of the Year, Brock Purdy from the 49ers, Mr. Irrelevant, Kenneth Walker, the running back from the Seahawks, or Garrett Wilson, the receiver from the Jets. Mm. Is this a regular season award, or is this it's an overall season. award? Every award season, in the yeah. history of sports is only regular season. Yeah, but so I mean, unless it's Super postseason MVP. MVP. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know where I'd go with it, because obviously Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson played – 17 games, 14, mm-hmm. at least a good portion of the season. While Purdy only played, what, seven, I think eight games he played in this season because he came in through 66 yards in a game uh, against um, the Chiefs on October 23rd. Then he played those straight games. Um, I got to go with Brock Purdy on this one. It's just been impressive what he's been able to do. Coming in as the third string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, and he led the team to the playoffs. I'm going a different direction. Even though 
Purdy has had a great season. It was only half the season, so I'm going Wilson. Yeah, I'm going to go Kenneth Walker. I think he had uh, a great year for a rookie. I think it would have been Brees Hall, but unfortunately he got injured. I mean, a 1,000 yards rushing, nine touchdowns. Very solid was Kenneth Walker. He was a big part of the Seahawks offense, and it was a big part of them making the postseason on a team that, has always really relied on their running game to be consistent. Last year, it was really bad for them due to crimping down. So Carson has that career-ending injury, and then you draft Kenneth Walker. He performs for you, gets over 1,000 yards, played in 15 games. So I think that helps. Uh, while I love what Purdy did this year, he just didn't play enough games to get rookie of the year, in my opinion. So I would go Kenneth Walker. Uh, Purdy had an amazing season, but like y'all said, it was towards the it was towards the end of the season. Kenneth Walker, I love what he did for the Seattle Seahawks, um, but I'm gonna have to go with Garrett Wilson. He's a highlight playmaker. He's all around player. Like love him. All right, We're all kind of split. Here. Yeah, we are yeah. split. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, we'll move on to defensive rookie of the year. Ahmad Sauce Gardner from the Jets. Aiden Richardson from the Lions. Or uh, Tariq Woolen. From the Seahawks, I'm going with Aiden Hutchison. You just look at those sack numbers, nearly 10 sacks, three picks. He's got 52 combined tackles uh, for a really a defensive end. You see three picks for a defensive end. That's crazy to see. He's batting balls up in the air left and right. Although, you know, he is tied for 20th in sacks, it's still impressive for what he's been able to do this year. To add the sacks and the interceptions together is huge in my book. I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. So Nine and a half sacks, me. yeah. Uh, he, he was great this year. I, I kind of wish that Thibodeau would have maybe been in the finalists. I, I thought he had a pretty solid year, I guess, just the numbers didn't get him as a finalist. But, yeah, I agree. I think Hutchinson, and I, I'd put Sauce at second. That's what I put as well. Actually, I put Woodland at second because he's got like six picks on the year. Well, you got to look outside the numbers here. And I think Sauce Gardner, when you watch him play, shut down corner this year for the New York Jets as a rookie. Uh, Hutchinson, I know he has the sack numbers, and that's going to jump off at you. But And I liked his season. I thought he was really solid for the Lions. But uh, I'm going to go with Gardner. I think he's a shutdown corner. I think he's a future star in the league. And I think it's pretty much him by a mile here. I love what Sauce Gardner did for the uh, for the Jets. He's a lockdown corner. Um, everything may not show up on the stat sheet, but he can definitely impact the game. I also love Aiden Hutchison, so I'm going to put Sauce at first and Aiden Hutchison at second. All right, the final one here as we begin to wrap up this segment of the Sports Mix. Just quickly, assistant coach of the year, Ben Johnson, OC for the Lions, D'Amico Ryans, 49ers, D.C., and Shane uh, Stetchen, the Eagles offensive coordinator. I think this one's easy. It's got to be D'Amico Ryans coming to be a player now to to be a coach or a coordinator, soon to be head coach somewhere this offseason. I don't honestly follow assistant coaches, but I'll, I'll go with uh, Shane Steichen. I didn't know this was an award, but I'll go D'Amico. I don't follow assistant coaches. You know who D'Amico Ryans is, right? No. Used to play linebacker for the, for the Texans. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I don't know Aren't you a football player? I supposed am. to know football? All right. <laughs> That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix next after this two-minute break. 
four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm in new bangs, and you can't stop staring at me. That's it. Just tilt the rearview mirror over here. And while you're checking me out more times in a library book, your car is wandering into that lane over there. More bangs. <laughs> Neat. And if you've got cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. Call Martinsburg Allstate agent Gary Kelly today at 304-263-4596. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Hefley Motor Company, just off I-81 at 993 Hedgesville Road, is a family-owned and operated business providing the Eastern Panhandle with the highest quality pre-owned vehicles and customer service since 1997. Hefley is a pre-owned Carfax Advantage dealer. We're proud to be your partner serving the community. You're local, we're local, so why not buy local? Call us at 304-267-7172 or see us at 993 Hedgesville Road. And if you want to sell your car, we buy cars too. Check us out at Hefley.com. Hefley Motor Company, a nice place to do business. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there. Welcome back into this edition of the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. The segment sponsored in part by the Marys Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue. We're produced on TV 10 today by our intern, Gerald Wright. Spencer Winnick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here as we wrap up the show. The Capitals last night fall to the Avalanche. I believe it was 3-2. to two. Ovechkin scored his 31st of the year. He's beginning to slow down a bit in scoring goals, which is anticipated. Uh, but the Caps were without T.J. Oshie and Nick Backstrom last night. T.J. Oshie, again, we said yesterday on the show, came back to D.C. for the birth of his uh, fourth child, I believe, or third child. Fourth. Yeah, and uh, Backstrom maintenance day, I believe, still coming back from his injury. I think he got hit with a shot hard in his hip area not too not 100 sure but the capitals back in action tomorrow night against the penguins 7 p.m but the wizards impressed last night a 127 126 victory for them nick yeah i didn't tune into the game but good to see the wizards get a win and uh before i wrap up here let me find Is there any update on tom wilson after last night's game there was not i didn't see one but uh Kyle Kuzma nailed a free throw with five seconds left to take the lead, and then a steal, I believe, by Kuzma. Led. He led the way at 30 points. Bradley Beal had 22 points. Denny Avdia had a double-double with 15 points, 10 rebounds. The Wizards improved to 21 and 26. Take on the Rockets tonight at 8 p.m. 
But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix tonight. Talk Radio WRNR WVU Hoops action as the Mountaineers take on Texas Tech. Pre-game coverage is set for 6 p.m. from the Mountaineer Sports Network with tip-off set for 7 p.m. And that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Tune into the Sports Mix tomorrow at 12 p.m. We'll be joined by two Shepherd Hoops players. Uh, but for our intern, Gerald Wright, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Ferslini, I'm Spencer Bree saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a day, everyone. On Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg.